millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. And welcome to another Top 10 Debate. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley boys, Michael Hamlet from What Culture, to talk about the worst first days for NXT call-ups. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW, Dynamite, pay-per-views. We have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a roundup of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on WrestleCulture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet to talk about his article, The 10 Worst First Days for NXT Call-Ups. And Michael Hamlet, what on earth could be the catalyst for this list? <laughs> well, these lists um, take some time to write. Often they get converted into videos or podcasts, which take some time to prep for and then some time to record and some time to edit and all of those sort of things. Uh, unlike Karen Cross's debut on Raw, which took one minute and 40 seconds and it was all completely over and he'd lost uh, an undefeated streak that had taken a year's worth of investment was doomed. The NXT Championship itself was defiled and Karen Cross's, well, it would be an understatement to say his career started on the back foot. It was something we all had a bit of a cheeky laugh about on our Monday Night Raw podcast review. Um, because a serious character like that being thrown into a situation so ludicrous is inherently hilarious. But it just, I think I said it on the podcast, it's not like there wasn't precedent for it. Um, and we've talked at length before about the failings of the, the fundamental failings of the uh, NXT to main roster process and how so many characters have been swallowed up, uh, chewed up and spat back out by the main roster over the years. But some of them, such as the 10 here, well, it happened straight away, didn't it? It was as if... He, Vincent Mann had gotten bored of the wrestlers before they'd gone through the curtain in Gorilla. <laughs> they hadn't even yet seen them close up on that desk near, near that desk is to decide he hated them. He hated them enough on paper to bury them as they were going out the door. Well, double check. Yep. The entry about Karrion Cross and his bad first day as an NXT court. More words than seconds. He was in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Possibly. How long was it? One minute 40, something like that. One minute 40 seconds. I mean, honestly, you could see the writing on the wall as soon as Jeff Hardy came out. I think there's double the amount of words than seconds he was in the ring, actually. <laughs> uh, but let's start by talking um, about a couple of guys who we were in attendance for when they just had a brilliant showing 
uh, at NXT TakeOver New York. And then they turned up on the main roster and had, in the space of about three or four weeks, well, more names than than weeks, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. I'm talking about Eric and Ivar, Hanson and Rowe, the War Raiders, War Machine, the Viking Experience, the Viking Raiders, those guys, basically. Oh, nightmarish stuff. Absolutely nightmarish stuff. Um, yeah, you're right to note that we were there for their, what would prove to be, I believe, final NXT tag title defence um, at TakeOver New York against Alistair Black and Ricochet. It was fantastic. It was a um, a toasting of the fact that these, you know, dated, I guess, personas, Viking-adjacent characters, could get over in the modern age. And they've done it everywhere else, so why would it not get over in the place where these sort of gimmicks were once celebrated? NXT found just the right balance between all of their uh, Viking lifestyles and the iconography that they wanted to bring into their characters and there seemed no reason why and we've seen it to be fair and it's since they've been on the main roster regardless of how well the runner's gone which has been not great they have retained most of the characteristics and the gear and the look and the music and all that sort of stuff fundamentally it is how nxt booked them but every now and then uh, a name is so bad that it's not just a couple of days where people can't quite believe it it's not just a couple of months where people say things like, and I'm using a lived-in example here, well, you're never going to see Dolph Ziggler on the top of WrestleMania poster, are you? I mean, yes, that proved to be true, but not for the reasons that people would have imagined back when you first heard the name Dolph Ziggler. But the Viking experience, the Viking experience, <laughs> took two monsters, physical monsters, and made them sound like a museum ex- like exhibition for school children to do on trips. That's what the Viking experience is. The Viking experience, and I grew up in Scarborough, so I can speak firsthand to this, is something you did when you went to the Jorvik Viking Centre in yep. York and dressed up and had the sights and sounds of Viking times. That's the Viking experience. What it isn't is two in monsters that if they weren't Vikings would be truck drivers come in and beat the shit out of you on national television. And there's nothing you can do about it. An atrocity that reduced them to a gag that social media did not get bored of at all to the point where, and how often, like almost never will WWE pay attention to any of this stuff, any of this noise. We've often referred to AEW as the listening company. You know, how many times have they heard and seen this criticism and after a couple of weeks they decided, aye, we're onto a loser here. Let's rethink, let's rejig. WWE never do it. And yet week two, they were the Viking Raiders and their finisher was the Viking experience. And I love that. I love, by the way, that they were married enough, the company, to the Viking experience. It was like, well, they've still got a feature as part of the act. <laughs> you know, people still love it enough that we're going to have to call the finisher the Viking experience. It's not a terrible finisher name, to be honest, but we know what it's tied to. And that graphic, forever immortalizing it of them to arriving, stepping out on the big stage for the first time and having the Viking experience flash up in front of them. Jesus Christ, man. I'm amazed they were able to shake that off it speaks to their abilities that they did shake it off because it felt so damning for a time that you wondered if they'd ever be able to get over it was just because i remember that was they show up on the it wasn't the raw after wrestlemania it was the raw after the raw after yeah so it was two weeks later they used the nxt first nxt back in full sale to surrender their tag titles if i'm not mistaken yeah 
I think that was but, it. So we knew obviously they were going to the main roster. I think we, you know, mm. we had an inclination about that maybe over uh, WrestleMania weekend. But there was no indication that they. I just remember, you know, because that was the, the time when we were reviewing Raw, and 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 obviously we just got back into the office and barely got our head switched back on off the back of WrestleMania, and there was no warning signs, let's say, that they were going to have such a drastic change. And it just, it so undercut the aura of two guys who, you know, I've mentioned this many a time, we were lucky enough, lucky enough to have in WCPW, who just were so imposing. Uh, and it, mm. you know, it, it, it just completely undercut the arrival of what could have been one of the, I mean, it's a tag team, so there's only a limited ability you could do to transform WWE, but they felt like a real dropped ball, didn't they? Yeah, like, and the thing is as well about these gimmicks is that you know they're so invested in them that they would probably rather keep them and deal with the um, the trials and tribulations of getting a name like this and trying to work through it than have an argument and get, I don't know, turn into clowns or something. You know, <laughs> you think back to the, the gear that the Revival showed off about this is what we were genuinely pitched. And they look like, well, jockeys, basically. <laughs> they, look like, they look like jockeys that were kept their work clothes on and went to a rave and they couldn't believe they're looking at it. And I wonder if like, you know, Eric and Ivar saw all this and thought, oh, no, not so great. Was it Roe? It was Roe that married Sarah Logan, wasn't it? Yes. And I always remember- Hanson's the hot one. Hanson's the- Yeah. Right. So I always remember Roe is Eric because Eric Rowan. That's that's how I remember his name <laughs> when they changed the names, right? So it's Ro that married Sarah Logan, Eric now. Um, their wedding was a Viking experience. <laughs> they got all of their friends and family to dress as Vikings and experience life as Vikings for the day. A tag team that brutalizes other tag teams is not a Viking experience. It's a painful experience, but it's not a Viking one. You are not, if you're, I don't know, uh, somebody off the top of my head, Vink. If you're Vink, and you're about to get absolutely battered, you don't then get backstage and you're selling your chest and you're going, oh God, I've just had a Viking experience out there. <laughs> you don't say that. You've not like got dressed up. You've not become part of it. You've just had this kicked out of you by it. The Legion of Doom, the Road Warriors, the Viking experience. It's like something <laughs> that I do on a bloody stupid video. I'm going to stick in 2019. We'll get to Vink. Stick in 2019 earlier than this. And talk about Tommaso Ciampa because, oh my oh, word, yes. that was such a bonkers time. You've done it before. I feel like it's time to do it again. Who's your Who's your best guys in uh, in NXT? <laughs> oh, there's these, but they're kind of busy with you know one of the best long term stories storylines in NXT's history. Yeah, tag them on, tag them on, raw. <laughs> this this night gets more historically significant with every passing month. So it is my belief, and I was revisiting the episode, and we all work together when this episode happened. We review this episode of Night Raw. It'll be there in the archives, as Conrad Thompson would say. Um, and we all remember what happened. Vincent Mann is looking for an injection into his product because he has shuffled through the 8x10s. And EC3... Lars Sullivan and Lacey Evans haven't turned the product around. So he's like, oh, all right, Paul, was I looking at the wrong 8x10s, was I? And Paul is like, yes, Dad, I told you at the time we were looking at the wrong 8x10s. You just went for muscles and hot blondes and big guys, didn't you? He's like, all right, smart ass, who you got then? He's like, oh, I've got loads of guys, you can have anybody you want. Your best four. 
Now what? Sorry, what? I want your best four. You can't my best four, Dad. I've got I've got a takeover in a month. Yeah. My best four are heavily involved in, in. I want your best four. Can I not? Can we not? No. You give me your best four. Otherwise, I'm never going to have any faith in this product of yours ever again. I'm never get like all of these guys. I get up. like Bailey and Sasha. All I get off them to is, well, 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 I want tag belts. Neither of them are even blonde, Paul. I want your best four. Otherwise, I'm going to have no more faith in you to be able to do this developmental crap. And he's like, Triple H goes in her locker room and he thinks, my job's on the line here. I'm actually going to have to give him my best four. <laughs> so he opens the February the 18th, 2019 edition of Raw, <laughs> looking like the sad dog meme. He says, uh, I've been waiting to introduce these guys to the main roster for years. Let me talk you through them one at a time, fighting back the tears. <laughs> NXT World Heavyweight Champion Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> Mr. NXT, Johnny Takeover, Johnny Gargano. Former NXT Champion, Master of the Black Mass, Alistair Black. <laughs> and the man that is more capable of athleticism that you've never seen in the history of this company, Ricochet. <laughs> And there they are in their own individually coloured boxes. One for the uh, Alistair Black fans. His colour was purple. What story was he telling with those colours? <laughs> and you've got these individual four boxes and they've been introduced one at a time at a time at a time as the four best. He's given dad what he wants. <laughs> what does dad do? He looks at him and he says, right, well, the only one that's tall is a tattooed up goth. The other three are short. Tag teams. <laughs> what? You asked you my four best, dad. You're not going to put me in my events. Tag teams <laughs> and then he's watching the little bearded one and he says hey that shrunken steve austin like tell him to get a little bit snug will you right fine so he works snug then he breaks his neck <laughs> and it should be pointed out that these two have got a tag on a show on raw where already in the can is gargano's turn on champa the remember when gargano was pretending to work heel to get yeah. champa's trust you know, I'm being like the dark because we were finally getting the takeover match between the two and he got his trust and Champa was finally so consumed with Goldie that he'd not seen that Gargano was ready to take it from him in this big be-all, end-all match. And he breaks his neck in a meaningless tag match, doesn't he? <laughs> so you've taken Triple H's best toys off him. Two of them have become a main roster tag team. Upshot of that, of course, was got, we've got that awesome aforementioned War Raiders tag match. Um... Gargano's experience is so tainted by the Champa one that Vince kicks him back to NXT. Triple H is like, Dad, you've just injured half of me main event. Fine, you can have the other half. He was too short anyway. What about comics to Paul Heyman? Me, me, me. Like, unrelated. Can you get me a Johnny Ace's phone number, please? Why, Dad? I just get me his phone number. Okay, Dad. Like Champa was on the shelf and Johnny Gargano was back in NXT so burned by his experience that he went on record as saying, I'm really happy in NXT. I don't want to go to the main roster. <laughs> like an unbelievable set of circumstances. That Triple H promo, brilliant man. Like if you were a fan of Schadenfreude spelt with three H's at the start, treat yourself to that episode of Raw. I mean, Jesus Christ, brilliant. Just brilliant. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. 
Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Right, let's move on. Uh, talk <laughs> Vink. We have to talk Vink. <laughs> He's Vink. Rhyme again, he's Vink. Where's Vink? I'll tell you where Vink is. He's living in a state that doesn't give a shit about the pandemic. That's yeah. what Vink's doing. Oh, the performance center roars, man. Um, the image, I'd love people to go and read this article. The image I have attached with this list entry, if you can get it up on your screen, Will Bourne is MVP, Hurt Business Version 1. Like, oh, it's great to have you back, um, MVP. Can you, like, you can get anybody over, can't you? Yeah, of course you can. Who you got for me? Who you got for me? Shane Thorne and Brendan Vink? Anybody else? Literally, <laughs> anybody else? Goes and desperately hunts out Bobby Lashley to niggle on her. To be like, oh, get me out of this situation. I'm in deep here with these two dweebs. I, um, look, all I'll say this, we've we've laboured on Vink and things are hopefully going to turn around for him in the um, the breakout tournament this time. Keep bloody um, Hudson now in NXT, of he, course. Yeah, and I dare say we might have a little bit more to say about Shane Thorne soon. Yep. Oh, we but, do. Uh, oh, there they were as a tag team, MVP's tag team. They lost. MVP couldn't talk him around that lost loss. And the, the, the threadbare roster that Vince had, he took one look at this Vink experiment and he thought, hmm, uh, guys, you, what you got on the board tonight? Oh, Apollo Crews and Alice Black are going to go seven minutes. You just put two in front of that and then we can scrub Vink. <laughs> yeah? Is anybody watching? Probably, because we've got now what else better to do with the lives. Aye, yeah, 27 minutes. What the feud over? Nothing. Half an hour and it's for nothing. Yeah. And take that mask off when you're talking to me. <laughs> and don't cough. And it there was, went it was Dark time. It was dark time everywhere. Oh. Particularly bloody dark on Monday Night Raw. And he went away for, I think I've read it here, 14 months. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But he's going to break out now, so it's going to be fine. Duke Hudson. Where's Vink? More like, who's Vink? It could Never be. heard of him. Well, because I'm just going to move my eyes to the left of MVP and see one Shane Thorne 
who, alongside the likes of, in your own words, Miriam, Dio Madden, Dominic Dijakovic, et al., arrived as... <laughs> well, because there was hundreds of them, wasn't there? <laughs> in, the, in the balaclavas and top-out tracksuits that they were getting for free from the company they were taking down. Locking referees in toilets and throwing <laughs> bricks through the same window twice. I've got a chainsaw. What are you going to do with it? Cut a rope. Oh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to smash everything up. Not the LED panels. Not the LED panels, obviously. But ah, look at this ring I'm just hitting. Well, I'm partridge holding the fort going, I'm handy. <laughs> like the, just, yeah. the thing is, when you do this podcast now, it's a bit like, you know, talking about The Rock when he was Rocky Maivia, because of course now with Shane Thorne's Slapjack and everything's worked out great. Yeah. But we didn't see the potential of Slapjack when we first had, ret- when Retribution first debuted, you know, all, all we saw was a guy in a paper plate. We didn't know that he was going to become, to become on this generation's biggest star. Like I'm just future-proofing this podcast for next year when people yeah. listen. It's like, they don't want to find the date on it. It's hang on a bit. Like, what's that, July 2021? How did they know Slapjack was going to be an event WrestleMania? When you listen to the, for 2022 audiences, we just knew because you couldn't hold Slappy J down. You could not. You could take the paper plate from his face, but you couldn't take the baby face out of WrestleMania. Um, and yes, like, let's get this in now. I do think he's going to defeat the Tribal Chief Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Again, I think we future-proof this. I mean, Christ almighty. I remember this reviewing this Raw for our podcast like it was yesterday. Because retribution for the things we just discussed were already a little bit of a laughing stock, but I've tried to hone in on um, the September twenty first edition of the show, a full month after the lights flickered for a second, <laughs> like, the, like I, and the intro that, rewound itself <laughs> slightly, <laughs> and then played as normal. This was, of course, when they announced in order to, you know, very much in the same way that CM Punk couldn't affect change from his couch, mm-hmm. Retribution decided that they couldn't affect change from outside the building. So they signed contracts to Monday Night Raw to get paid by the company they were going to destroy. And in order to... Uh, and got drafted change, later on. I mean, so we're talking... This is Yeah, the they got drafted. Retribution, we'll get to that, I'm sure. Uh, bigger podcast. Well, they was like, we're going to take this place down from the inside. And it's like, well, fair enough, actually, because... There's a stable that aren't getting anywhere that Selena Vega's leading. Why not start with them and prove that WWE is this weak organization? Uh, we got a better idea. Who else sucks on this show? Heard of a group called the Hurt Business? We think they suck. And it's like, oh, you're targeting the only thing people like. Interesting. Right. And it's like, so WWE actually think, wait a minute, people actually like the Hurt Business. How are we going to put them over them? Oh, you're not. You're just going to have them lose in the debut. And it's going to, you're going to have them lose in the debut. Aren't people going to think they're losers? Yeah, but we've got cool names for them. T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack, Fuckface, <laughs> Arsehole. <laughs> just Twitter all day was like, and it was like when people make those bots where you generate a funny band name, <laughs> people were doing it with their fingers into Twitter. <laughs> you could I just like, you know, I, uh, Dickhole. Oh, I'm Dickhole from Retribution. I still remember doing the news. Like I had a bit of a breakdown again this morning. It was, what, when was this? When would this have been? September. Yeah. September. Yeah. Hard we already, times. Hard we times. were on this. We were on the slide back down. It was very, mm. very depressing. Ominous. Ominous. Ominous is the perfect way of describing it. Um, and 
And I remember going, are you kidding me? And people are like, do you know what a T-bar is in the comments or whatever? And I swear I gave, I, I swear like I called one of them like Minge or Queef or something like that. Go <laughs> for him. I mean, technically, I suppose one of the best first days for NXT superstars was Mercedes Martinez getting the hell out of that group before <laughs> it happened. Uh, it's just, we, we joked about this at the time, but we were very concerned that a podcast we'd done had too hyperbolic a title, and it was about the worst stable in WWE history. And I think myself and yourself came out of that very proud because I, I thought we put together an argument for why Zelina Vega's group mm. were the worst of our time. We backed up the opinions with a lot of statistics, um, match times, defeats, the nature of the defeats, the one win they would get followed by the eight losses that would negate that win. Like, I remember we put some significant work into an argument so it wasn't hyperbolic. Are these the worst stable in WWE history? And like, <laughs> WWE listened and was like, right, dickheads, we can tell the effort you made of that. Let's see if we can kill that in two weeks. And they did. <laughs> and they did. And they went, okay, we well, are going to lose quite a few matches. But at one point... In an, it was an elimination match, if I'm not mistaken. Miriam's going to get flee. <laughs> one elimination and then still lose. She's like, <laughs> if, match, did it? That one that got like an elimination or something. One elimination, a distraction, and then they came back to the commercials and she was gone. And it was like, what happened to her? <laughs> like the rest of them were still out there. They're not like followed at the hospital or anything. If there was ever a cosmic sign from the universe that what you were doing is fundamentally awful WWE. Stop it. It is when a wrestler's mask and wig falls off. And that has happened to Kane. And it has happened to me in the middle of retribution. That's it. That's a sign at this point. When that mask and wig goes, you know that this thing is dying. How do you follow a stable like that up? Well, let's conclude by talking about someone who, when I read their name on this list it was so long ago, I thought, well, surely not. Look at the way she's protected now and the way she's been so mm-hmm. dominant. You assume Charlotte Flair's first appearance or first day on the main roster was the first of many great victories. You know, she won. The famous July debut where all the, like where Stephanie McMahon invented women's wrestling. Remember mm. that day? All three of them come up together, the whole deal. Bells and whistles are plenty. That's what you assume. But that wasn't the case, was it? That's Karen Cross, wasn't it? It was uh, Triple H was trying to uh, trying to bring women's wrestling back, and he was assembling the four horsewomen, and his NXT product was the hottest goddamn thing in wrestling, and um, certainly North American wrestling. And uh, Vince jobbed her out in two and a half minutes. I mean, she lasted longer than Karen Cross, didn't she? <laughs> she didn't fall and pray as quick as Karen Cross, but yeah, she came up again. NXT title around her waist again getting press on the show that not as many people were watching, but a lot of people were talking about. Like if you weren't watching, plenty of people were telling you that you should. Um, I rocked up and uh, had to hang with the main roster divas and couldn't hang with Natalia. Two minutes, 34 seconds. Two minutes, 34 seconds on an episode of Monday Night Raw. No story, no angle. Back to NXT in time to assemble. Then what was one of the greatest takeover matches of all time, the Fatal Four-Way with the Four Horsewomen early in 2015? Well, I mean, aside from Vince just being a vindictive dick, was there any reasoning behind this? No, she was... I seem to... This, I'm going from memory here. Um, she was 
there at the time. I think Ric Flair was doing something on the show um, and they would sporadically mention NXT as a part of the, I was going to say the WWE universe there, but you know what I mean? Like it's, it's narrative universe. They would mention NXT as a thing and they would indeed on commentary here, but it was very much wrestlers on training wheels and nothing more. So in their minds, you bring this wrestler up on training wheels, it, it's an impossibility for that wrestler to look strong, let alone get a win. So what you get is unfortunately what you get. Um, she was, oh, they had to do that thing where she, you know, it happened a little bit in the Rhea Ripley feud where she, they both kind of have to laugh at each other. Huh, got me there. I guess I've still got a lot to learn. And nobody feels over as a result because it's not like she's been battered, but... That's only because a two minute 34 loss isn't a battering in WWE anymore. It's still pretty, like if that happened in AEW with like the hot young star that's about to debut, like the teasing CM Punk for the United Center and he's there and Darby Allen just beat him in 234. Try again, <laughs> old man. You've been gone seven years. Get you together. Like it's not that far removed from it. Uh, aye. Full crowd, Monday Night Raw wanting to take on a new flair, you know, woo, all that sort of stuff. Not tonight. Not tonight. And then when they finally do get her, uh, you don't want her anymore. <laughs> they make you sick of her. Oh, goodness me. Do you think they'll ever be? I mean, I sent, you know, there's 10, 10 entries in this list. You could have done plenty more. No, there have been flashes of, of great moments for NXT call-ups, uh, even some tinged by, you know, Sami Zayn throwing his bloody shoulder out or whatever it was when he arrived on Raw to, yeah. to face Cena and what have you. And, and obviously, you know, someone like Kevin Owens. I, 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 I didn't watch NXT at the time, for example. And this guy showed up and just went, bollocks to your challenge. I'm better than you. I'm a bastard. And then he pop up Powerbomb Cena. And I instantly went, well, I don't know who this guy is, but I love him. Mm -hmm. Do you think that things may change going forward? They sort of have to, don't they? I mean, we, we, we talk about the desperate need for reinvention on the main roster. And, you know, it just seems like this, in theory, should be the easiest thing to turn around. And yet, you know, it was not even necessarily a call-up, but they bring Keith Lee back and then they beat him to contain. I mean, for God's sake, they were going to have Karrion Cross lose again this week if Jeff Hardy didn't have uh, COVID. Mm, it's, it, I, we've talked about all of the various different reasons why this the NXT to main roster thing has failed, the process has failed. I don't know if Vincent Mann forgets that it's his own company. And he thinks he's just signed a rival wrestler from WCW and it's still the 90s and he's got to teach them to work WWE style. I don't know if there's, it's it, genuinely we joke, but I don't know if there's an element of gamesmanship and brinksmanship about Vince McMahon not wanting to secede any control of any kind to Triple H. And maybe he thinks that if a guy gets over that Triple H has pushed and protected, then Triple H is going to get more credit than him. It's it's not that out of the realms of possibility that that's the, one of his like driving forces of why he wants to reduce these guys and make them look so much smaller than they are in NXT. Or of course, there is the idea that one of the reasons why NXT was so successful for so long was that it was so philosophically opposed to Vince McMahon's dated view of pro wrestling. That view has not changed, and he's the one in charge. So all of a sudden, the product that he's opposed to appears, and shock of all shocks. He's opposed to it. <laughs> so he tries to make it look like his product instead. And then you get what you get for time after time. And look, it's, I don't know. Like if you can do what we try and do, which is receive WWE as the content creation company it is, 
and know that most of the time you're not going to get a long-term story, just imagine it like a butcher's queue. In 2014, and especially in 2015, I went into the butchers and I took a ticket and the ticket didn't have a number on. It said Sasha Banks and Bailey. And the reason I took that ticket is because I'd had Sasha Banks and Bailey before and it was the greatest thing. <laughs> it was the greatest thing. Had it in Brooklyn, had it at the, uh, the takeover afterwards, had it constantly as that division was building. I'm going to take this ticket and I'm going to hold on to it because one day they're going to change the world again. And they just don't tell you that you've got to sit in that key for five years. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Just sit there for five years, miserable, depressed, losing all hope, losing all faith, watching one of them literally take a break from it because of a mental health, like collapse because of what the company was doing. Her. Literally have another one being, would you start a child? It's five years. It's just five years. And then when, you, when your ticket finally comes in and you're telling people, it's happening. It's actually happening. They're brilliant. Everybody else tells you, now they're going to ruin it. Don't get your hopes up. Don't get excited. They're going to ruin it. Six months, you fucking insane. And you sit there with your ticket and then you get to cash it in and they have this amazing match and they have a brilliant rematch. And you get, I knew this, ah, brilliant, I got my ticket. And then like, you have to get in the queue and get another ticket. And you realise, <laughs> oh, oh God, why didn't I just hold on to my ticket? Now I have to get a new ticket, I have to pick somebody else. Just, just And on it goes again. I'm just looking at the NXT roster now. If you had to pick someone right now who's in NXT who you think they wouldn't ruin on the first day, an NXT call-up, who would it be? Would it be someone as obvious as like a Raquel Gonzalez who may well be heading up there soon enough or would it be someone different? Yeah, you'd like to think day one they'd get Adam Cole right. You'd like to, I know he had that one match on SmackDown when the people were stranded in Saudi Arabia. You've got to, you've got to think a building full of people in the right town would want to chant his name as loud as they possibly could and that would... I mean, and he's so goddamn handsome. You know, a combination of his beautiful face and 10,000 people shouting his name back would surely convince Vincent McMahon. Ah, oh, stop it, Will Boyne. You make me want to get a ticket. Stop it. Stop it. Do you want to do my pick? Do you remember? Go on. Sorry, yeah. tell me who your pick is. I was, I, mean, I was looking around. I almost went, Austin Theory looks... Oh, no, they've already ruined him on that awful... Yeah, killed him. He was part of that terrible Andrade stable that we talked about. <laughs> I'm not going to do the gimmick. I love Cameron Grimes, but they'd make him a comedy character. Like I know he is a comedy character right now, but there's something yeah. there still. And I look and I go, do I just do my gimmick? Like, put a mic in Zach Gibson's hand and he'll yeah. sell Ice the Eskimos. Maybe that. Maybe him. Maybe Raquel Gonzalez. Look at her. Look at the side. Look at her back, for goodness sake. Is it, as, is it as just obvious as Ridge Bloody Holland? Because it's Ridge Bloody yeah. Holland. And I've decided, safest bet, I'm going to say, the person who would go from NXT to the main roster and they wouldn't screw up on the first night is Wade Barrett. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I've got a bomb that's going to go boom in your face about that one of these days. No, I think um, I, I fully welcome uh, Zach Gibson as a new member of the Red Brand. And the commentators would be like Manchester's own Zach Gibson, <laughs> and that be he has to come out as like the the third Gallagher brother and do an Oasis bit. <laughs> An idiot! Can't wait. He has to wear those like John Lennon sunglasses. <laughs> like, and he said, "Listen here, you pukes! Is it my imagination?" <laughs> and somehow try and 
gradually eke out. And in just five years, he's allowed to be a scouser. In just five years. <laughs> oh, God, can do that as well. <laughs> you want to challenge me for that belt? Well, guess what? I said maybe, so... <laughs> Oh God! You know well, they would put like you know they put like you smell what the rock is cooking or whatever like when it's somebody's like big catchphrase at the start at the entrance thing. Like, Do you know what I mean? And then his music would start, <laughs> and then and then he and then he would have to like try and creep his real self in. So like he would, hey 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 hey, calm down. And then like over time, over time, buy a ticket. <sighs> buy a ticket with Dexter Lucas though, because they'll they'll buy a ticket right. Buy a ticket to Mayhem because you'll never see the fucking move on Raw. <laughs> well, let us know your thoughts on the worst first day for NXT call-ups and if we're well, ever going to be out of this nightmare uh, on Twitter at WhatCultureWWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Hamflet at... Michael Hamflet. Follow me at Adam Wilwell. Follow us all at WhatCultureWWE. As I said, make sure you subscribe to WhatCultureWrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts, of course, where we preview and review NXT every single week uh right this has been another top 10 debate go and check out the full article from michael hamfler at whatculture.com just search for the 10 worst first days for nxt call-ups and it's available to see all the other entries right now but for now this has been another top 10 debate my thanks to yes articles author michael hamfler thank you for joining us and we will see you soon small details are big surfaces tight corners are odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project there's a spray paint pattern that's just right because rust-oleum's new custom spray five in one gives you control with five different spray patterns so you can tackle nooks crannies edges and curves without worrying about drips runs uneven coverage or anything else custom spray five in one only from rust-oleum Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.